Today, we want to make today about rejoicing. We want to take today and, and just make it about praise. We've been doing this for the last couple months uh, because this year has had a lot of things that maybe have kept people uncomfortable, a lot of people uh, discouraged. And so we want to take one Sunday a month and just say, you know what? God is really good. And God's still doing some really good things. And God is still moving and changing lives and hearts. And so we want to just take a, a Sunday out of the month to celebrate that and worship. Um, and we just get an extra bonus because we have Matt with us today. Um, but as we begin today, I just want to begin with Psalm 33. And it says this, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp or the guitar and sing with a joy. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves, whether, he, he loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord. Let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nation, and he thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Close your eyes for just a second and make that your prayer. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to get ready and we're going to worship. Um, so I'd like to ask you to welcome with me Matt Baird. And uh, it is a pleasure to have him with us today. Um, we just had a great time together in, in first service. We're going to have a great time together uh, this time because we're just going to spend it worshiping and praising God. So if you'll stand with me, uh, we're going to worship together. Good morning. Um, they let me come back to service number two, so uh, it's always a fear. Um, it's so good to be here. Uh, thanks for letting me be here. Um, if you feel like singing, awesome. If you don't, maybe you should. Um, maybe it'll lift your spirits and make you feel like singing. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen 
of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Your presence, There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. Though I live in all your presence, Lord. I've tasted it, see. Of the sweetest of love Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, you are welcome place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Your presence, With a melody 
can be uh, seated. I um, I love it. Uh, I love it when you're do you're you're playing a song. Some of you maybe you've played songs before. Some of you haven't. Some of you know um, how there are certain things that happen during a concert, or it it, it kind of throws stuff off. You know what I mean? Um, it, let's take it from a production standpoint. You go to turn the board on in the morning before service, and it doesn't turn on. You're like, okay. So you figure it out. Or, you know, you're running slides for all the lyrics, and for whatever reason, you can't even find the song that the person is singing, right? And you're like, ah, what do I do? You figure it out. Or you're playing, and uh, you, you, uh, you have a guitar pick in your hand, 
and you're playing and it's about to get to a part of where you actually need your guitar pick because you're going to rip your fingernails off or your cuticles and you hear tick tick and your guitar pick falls directly into your guitar and you're like, great. Now uh, you're trying to figure out in your mind how do you reach behind your guitar into your pocket, not your normal pocket, but that little guitar pick holding pocket in your Levi's. And you tried to grab a guitar pick in there, but yet you have uh, a couple things in there that your children have given you over the years that you keep in your pocket all the time. One, I don't know what this is, but it's something my son Hudson gave me about four months ago, and it's still in my pocket, right? Um, I take it out before I wash the jeans, the rare times that I do wash the jeans. And then there's this huge coin that makes it really hard to get my fingers into my pocket that my son Jackson gave me. And it says, with God, all things are possible, right? It's a huge coin. And there's been one time that I didn't have it in my pocket, and he just happened to ask, you have your coin in your pocket? And I'm like, I had to take it out because I went through the airport and I put it in my backpack, but I'll get it. So I have these things, and so it's hard to reach in my pocket, and I literally just took those things out and didn't grab a guitar pick while I had them out of my pocket. Um, That's the things I think about and the problems I have. But I have a pick in my hand now, and luckily my hands are not bleeding all over my guitar. It's so good to be here. Um... I I live in a world that I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe people ever say yes to me, uh, being like, <laughs> a lot of times it's me talking them into letting me come play songs. They're like, wait, you do worship, but you're in a hard rock band. I'm like, no, I get it. Because like, I've heard spoken, and I I know what your music sounds like. I'm like, I understand that. Um, but I also sing occasionally in spoken, and I can play guitar enough to like, fumble my way through playing some songs and they're like, I'd be interested in hearing what that sounds like. I'm like, well, okay. Um, they're like, if something ever opens up with dates, maybe we'll contact you. I'm like, awesome. Or it's times like, yeah, man, cool. Come hang out. That'd be great. We'd love to have you be part of our community and our family today or whatever. And so I show up and here I am um, today. I was in Hagerstown, Maryland last night my whole day yesterday was running super late and behind because of a lot of reasons, but the event I was that I was supposed to play at 3 p.m. yesterday afternoon, I ended up showing up there a little after 4. I played that, and then I thought it was only 25 miles to where I was playing next because the person had told me it, it was... Maybe he told me or maybe I assumed because he lived in a certain town, that's where I would be playing, but no, he decided that I was going to be playing in a town that was 30 minutes away in the middle of the country. And so I was late getting to my second event last night, but I was over an hour late getting to that. And then I played, and so that made it an hour later of leaving. So my family and I got into Athens around 4 a.m. this morning, and I needed to get up to take my children to the pool uh, at 7, so I took them to the pool for 30 minutes. They were supposed to go back to bed. I doubt that happened, therefore that means my wife has had to entertain them for like five hours. Um, so after service, um, I hang out a bit, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Athens, pick them up, and then we have to drive uh, to Franklin, Indiana, where I'm supposed to start music at 6.30 p.m. tonight. And so we'll see how that goes. I don't, I don't know.
and then we'll drive on home uh, to Des Moines tonight. Um, I, uh, my mind is, it's always like, you know, it's that whole thing of like, people make the joke like, oh, shiny thing, whatever. But like, I'm literally like, I'm watching people's faces. I'm watching people's reactions. I'm, I, I know it's really difficult now, so I'm trying to watch eyes. Um, but I, I love what I get to do, and sometimes it's super entertaining for the things I see um, up here. Um, or with the band. And a lot of times that's what I'm thinking about because I'm trying to figure out, I'm like playing songs, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, in what situation would someone ever need to do what that person is doing right now? Like, it is so amazing. And, and most of the time it has to do with teenagers, you know, or I'm like watching and every teenager right now is like, what did he see? I didn't see, and I'm not saying anything specific. But... I um I I heard stories of what is wrong with this um of how there are times when people are up here playing songs and they end up playing a song that wasn't planned on happening and so I, I intend to do that at some point this morning before I'm done um where people on the production team are like where did that come from but uh it's so good to be here um Here's some here's a uh, some tunes that maybe you know. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you oh evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, fly away. Some glad morning when this life is so I fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I fly away when I die. Hallelujah.
You must, you must think I'm strong To give me what I'm going through Forgive me, forgive me if I'm wrong This looks like more than I can do Strong enough to be everything that I'm supposed to be I give up, I'm not strong enough Hands of mercy, won't you cover me, Lord Right now I'm asking you to be strong enough Strong enough for the both of us Through Christ who gives me strength And I don't have to be strong enough Sing that with me I can do all things Through Christ who gives me strength And I don't have to be strong enough Now sing it like you mean it I can do all things Through Christ who gives me strength and I don't have to be strong enough. Thank you. So Matt's going to be uh, back here in just uh, a minute or two and uh, going to share a couple other songs with us. But as, as I said just uh, a couple minutes ago, uh, it's really a day that we want to just take to rejoice and a day that we want to take and be thankful for all the good stuff God is doing. Because in a, in a year where it seems like there's a lot of bad stuff going on, God's doing some really awesome stuff right now. And uh, we, wanna, we don't want to get so focused on all the bad stuff going on that we forget to praise God for all the good stuff he's doing. So I want to start us off with, uh, with this psalm. And then I want to open it up. If anybody has a testimony of something God's doing or just wants to share the story of how they came to know Jesus or, or God's working in some crazy way that you need uh, just people to continue to pray you through, um, we're just going to open it up for anybody that wants to share. And, uh, and then when we're done with that, then we're going to let Matt come back up and, and do a couple songs. We're going to talk to him a little bit and uh, hear how he, he came to know Jesus. And, and so anyway, let me start. This is Psalm 34. And, and David says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. 
I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. For the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. He says, come, let's tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. It's not supposed to be just one or two people up here on a stage doing that. It's supposed to be us doing that together. So that's what we're going to do uh, for just as long as people want to do it. Um, so I, I'm just wondering, does anybody want to have anything to share? How's God working? How's God moving? Uh, what cool things are, are God doing right now? Anybody have something they want to share? I'll let Brian kick us off. Mike on. Everybody yep. hear me okay? Oh, now I hear me. <laughs> Matt, you were talking about with the mass and how much you don't get to see lip movement and faces. And I just have this, my life is about half cartoons, I tell you. I just never grew up. I love Bugs Bunny, and I still hear him in my head from time to time, and so I, I just have crazy, weird thoughts that are, they're okay, they're just funny, and I'm like, what did I think of that right now? So I was in Walmart the other day, and like, everybody's masked up, and that's cool when I get it, and, and stuff, but I'm thinking, you know, now it's really like, I don't know, myself, like, people who aren't really that good looking, but you got good eyes, now's your time. <laughs> <laughs> Because people say, you got the prettiest blue eyes. I'm like, well, this one's plastic, but it matches. Um, okay, I can you know, have them make some other ones if we can try that. But I, don't, I just have the dumbest... I'm in Walmart to get some soup, and I'm thinking about people's eyeballs. Does anybody do that but me? Is it like, oh, yeah. I want to go oh, check yeah. into some place to stay for a while. So, you know what I'm saying with a nice yeah. white jacket on or something, you know. Anyway, um, I always try to open stuff with a joke. Never know what anybody's carrying. Um, three years ago, I was in the hospital over three periods of time. They didn't know why I had something called prostitutes. Maybe some of you guys know what that is. I'm not going to go into that. It's not fun. You ladies will never have to worry about that. Trust me. 
So they didn't know why this occurred, but you know, urologist is there. He goes, you know, I really want to start looking at some blood work with you because I'm I'm concerned about prostate cancer. I go back to my doctor and he's like, I'll watch those PSAs with you, but if they're not jumping up, we're not going to go down that road. It's not necessary. So I'm going back and forth, conflicting opinions. And then the urologist is like, look, those numbers jumped up. They're not coming down. You know, we need to pursue this. And I said, but my doctor said, he goes, I don't care what he said. I'm urologist. Your, your doctor's not. And he finally says to me, he says, look, if you want to play Russian roulette, you hold the gun. I'm not going to do it. That's not a real cool thing to tell somebody that's struggling with some other things that I won't tell you about. So anyway, we began pursuing that. Those numbers were, they leveled off and they actually went down. So my doctor's like, see, I told you the numbers are going down. You just needed months to heal from those ordeals that you had at the hospital. Makes sense to me. Sounds like a real easy way out, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I like to hear this story, not that one. So I go back up to the urologist and he goes, look, I got a guy in Cleveland. Uh, his name's Dr. Klein. He's one of the best. And um, we're going to do some stuff and send it to him. We're going to, I'll let you go up to him. That's fine with my blessing and take it from there. Well, we, we had to jump through some hoops. And every time you jump through a hoop, it's more invasive. That's the way it goes. So... Um, Blood work was, and eh, he wasn't real happy with it, but he goes, this doesn't smell bad to me. But um, So we did something called a prostate MRI. MRI come back with two big dark spots on it. And he says, this isn't good. Those are usually cancer. So I'm like, I'm kind of mad at my doctor at that point, but it wasn't my fault. So uh, we go ahead and do, uh, just a couple weeks ago, um, I went to Cleveland Clinic for a day and they biopsied that situation. Went in the, uh, the, the one dark spot, there was two. One, the, the core samples that they pulled out of that, they were absolutely clean and healthy, which they didn't understand because they're inside of this dark spot. Like, eh. So you think of a rotten place on a tomato, right? So we're pulling out good cells out of there. And then the other spot, um, Two out of those three were absolutely fine, and they found on one of them just a, just a hint of some cancer cells. And I, we've researched, and they told me also that's very normal for about 80% of men. They do have some, benign, they're not benign cancer cells, that's a contradiction of terms, but they're, um, they're not really going to do anything. They're not really going to go anywhere. So that's where I'm at. So for those three years that I thought and avoided and thought that I had cancer. I was just waiting for it to get worse or whatever. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm saved. I'm, what if it takes me out? It takes me out. But that doesn't usually do that. They're convinced that what is there, they've given it the smallest number possible. And they're pretty convinced that it's, it's basically the same as gone. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to go anywhere. So plan going forward every six months, we're just going to do a little blood draw and do that test. If those numbers come back and they go up, we'll deal with it then, but they don't think it'll happen. So this isn't about me today. This is about anybody that I can tell, anybody that I can encourage. If you're struggling with something that right now that may or may not be real, especially if you're not sure it's real, go find out if it's real or not. Because I carried something for three years, day and night, that wasn't real. And so if you're one of, I don't know everybody in this room, and I don't want to look harsh or anything, but this would relate back to your personal walk even. If you're on the fence, if you're not sure, if you don't have that deeper relationship, it's always there for you. And if you're just 
going through the motions and checking the box like a lot of people do, I would encourage you to take that plunge, take that deeper walk, and do it soon. Um, because we don't know what tomorrow's like. You know, I just got some great news, and I'm, I'm, that's amazing. But we still don't know what could happen to me on the way home. I mean, I was in a car wreck nine weeks ago, and I thought I was dying. And in that moment, I knew I was sure of my salvation. I was not afraid. And we always wonder how we're going to feel in that moment. But now I know I've been in that moment. And there's peace if you know that you know that you know. So I just want to pass this back to pastor and say, you know, awesome. And taste and see that the Lord is good. Anybody else? Something to share. All right. So, why did I do this? Uh (laughs) Um, So, for the last, like, six weeks or so, I've been doing, for work, I've been doing um, hotel stays. So, I've been gone Sunday afternoon through Friday night. And it's been really hard mentally for me. And... So last Wednesday, I was like having like a complete mental breakdown because of like who I'm rooming with and it's just been really, really difficult. And I was just like crying and begging God just to give me an out because I just, I was about ready to just quit my job. And um, this might seem like really small, but it was like huge to me. So then like the next day, like all these conversations were happening that needed to happen and I could like see God like orchestrating all these conversations that needed to happen to make the rest of this, because I'm doing this for like another month. And I could just see God's hands over all the conversations and seeing how it's going to get better for me mentally. And it's just, it was huge for me, because it's like the little things that remind you that God does listen to you. And I could, it just, it looks, um, I can just see it's going to be better now and better for my mental state to where I don't go insane. And I was just really grateful to God that he listened to me and, like, yeah, I don't know how to end it, but there you go. We have a lot to be grateful for and I'll try to get through this quickly without crying too much I've been crying like crazy amounts lately um, so as most of you know Joelle and my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer a couple months ago and I swear she's been the strong one everyone said you need to be strong for her I'm like I'm trying but I keep crying in front of her <laughs> and she's always like it's okay hon we're gonna be fine um, so I'm really grateful for her but uh, we have a lot to be in, in the midst of all this we have a lot to be grateful for um, she did end up having a mastectomy, as most of you know already, and they found cancer in the lymph nodes, which is always a scary thing. You don't want to hear that because that means, you know, your mind runs. Well, where else is it then? Um, and we, we had a lot of praises throughout that, um, such as they found it in the main lymph nodes, but not the, the, like the secondary lymph nodes. So there are some good things, but um, we were real worried. After the surgery, they said, well, we, we believe we got it all. We're going to declare you cancer-free, but... Um, which was amazing, but they said, uh, but we still need to do some full body scans, and because you're so young, we recommend that you get chemo and radiation. 
just fine. Joelle took that in stride. Again, she was strong. I was like, our world is ending. And she's like, no, it's not. Everything's fine. Um, so uh, we, we, they scheduled some full body scans to look at, well, where else might this be? Are there any other tumors throughout her body? And the whole time I'm praying like, God, I don't know why we made it this far, why you didn't answer our prayers so far. Like, why, why couldn't you have just made it disappear right away? Um, you know, why are we having to go down this journey? And I was very upset. And um, so we got these, these full body scans. I'm like, God, give us something to talk about on Sunday. <laughs> give it, Brian asked us, like, if you guys want to share an update or a testimony. And our prayer on Friday when Brian talked to us about it was, yeah, we'll share something. God, can you give us something good to share? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we got our scans just a few hours later. Um, they called us back after just a day. She had a couple CT scans. She had bone scans, everything. And it all came back cancer-free. There was nothing in her body. And so we, like all weekend, we were so excited and just in praising God. But um, so they said, okay, for sure now you are cancer-free. That <laughs> We still want you to go through with chemo and radiation. Yeah, it's huge. Um, but I want to, I, I, I also want to share uh, this story of um, something that God did for me in that last song um, that we sang really um, reminded me of this. And I haven't really shared this with anybody. So just so you know, when somebody says that God gave me this word or God gave me this dream, I'm like, that sounds really cool. Did it really happen? Like, was it really God? I'm just very skeptical. I don't like that about me, but I just am. Um, and uh, I want it to be true, but sometimes I just, in my mind, I'm like, is that, did that really happen? Like, did God really speak to you? Why doesn't he speak to me? And when they called us, um, I remember after Joel's surgery, it took about four hours, um, three weeks ago, I think it was. And the doctor, um, the breast surgeon, who we absolutely love um, at the James, she called me and she had the infamous cancer voice that we hear all the time now. You know, you always know when somebody calls you with bad news, because like, hey, how you doing? So we got your results back. And it's like, oh no, I know where this is going. We've had this happen so many times. But so she called, she had the voice. And I'm like, how'd the surgery go? And she's like, it went really well. We got everything, but we found cancer in the lymph nodes and I did not want to see that. Um, and I was like, immediately, I just felt the floor drop out from underneath me. Um, my mind goes to the worst places. I have a couple hours before I can see Joellen and because um, she's still waking up and they're trying to find her room. And I called my parents who were staying in a hotel with Judah nearby. I said, can you guys come pick me up and let's just drive around for a while. I, I have to get out of here. And so I was, the whole time to them, I was just bawling. I probably made no sense to them. So sorry, but mom and dad have been amazing through this. So they just shook their heads and said, it's going to be okay. And, um, and throughout this, I was just laying it all out to my parents saying, why has God done this to us? I am so angry at him. And they were like, this is okay for you to like, talk to God. Like he already knows how you feel. Let him know how you feel. Talk to him. Let him work, you know, help you work through this. And I was just crying out to God in front of my parents saying, God, why, why are you making Joellen go through this? She's like the most pure per person that I know. Um, and I was so upset and so scared. Um, and and then um, in the midst of all this emotion, I, this sounds heartless, but I fall asleep in the car for like 10 minutes. I fall asleep just from all like being overwhelmed. And during that quick nap, um, uh, in amidst all the anger and everything, 
I have this dream that I since have had confirmed that it was God, because even afterward I was like, okay, that was, that was too much. God, was that you? And it, it, I know that it was. Um, but uh, I had this dream that I was like, I get to the good part and I can't finish it. Um, I had this dream that I was paralyzed out in, the, out in this field and I, couldn't, I just couldn't move. And I felt like this doom over me. I know I'm not. And um, I got to look away from Joellen. I'm going to talk to all of you guys. So, um, so, and I felt this doom. And this giant serpent was approaching me. And he was, he was looking at me. And I could just feel all this fury in this, this snake. And it was, it was huge. And, and I just felt this doom. Like it was, it was coming towards me. And I was like, this is it. This is the end. I know this is the end. And... Um, and, and this snake, it, it stops right in front of my face. And, and I, I just feel like, all right, here it is. The end is here. And it, it raises its head and it gets ready to strike. Gosh, I don't want to cry in front of people. Um, and, uh, and, and then right as it strikes, this lion smashes. I didn't even see the lion. It smashes its head into the ground and it doesn't take me. And um, I don't know where that dream came from. I haven't had a dream in years, um, but it happened. And I never had a dream about snakes or lions or anything like that. Um, but a, a lion is very significant. In fact, that's where um, uh, the Lion of Judah came from. That's where Judah, our son's name, came from. And um, it's been uh, the lion, the symbol of a lion, has been significant to Joel and I. And I just felt like I woke up from that and tried to tell mom and dad the story of the lion and the snake and Conan. I was just meatballing and, and I'm sure, I don't know if they even understood it in the moment, but, um, but I just felt in that moment like, all right, God is telling me that he's letting us get this far, but he's not gonna let this be the end of Joellen. And um, I just think that, I, I don't know why we've had to come this far. I have, I have no answers except that I do believe um, God is good and he's, he's telling us, he told me in that moment, he told me what I needed to hear, which was, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And so I just want to give, I want to give praise to God for that dream and what it meant to me. And then also for where we are with Joellen, um, I just couldn't imagine a life without her. And I, and I do feel that these, these body scans, how we've gotten all bad news so far, pretty much, um, that, that she's cancer free and that she's going to be okay. And she's going to get to see Judah grow old and, and I'm going to get grow old with her. So that's all. Thank you. <laughs> you did, you did better than I thought. You did good. Uh, um, yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. And, and I was, I, I was thinking, you know, we shared stuff just a couple of weeks ago and um, the stuff we shared a month ago how much God's done in just a month. Like, it's just amazing to, to be a part and be around God when he's working. One of the other guys, I told, I updated you a couple weeks ago on him, uh, who some of you know, Rick DeVore, um, who the doctors told, stopped doing cancer surgery on him because they thought they found more cancer on his liver. And then... They came back to him a couple weeks later and said, 
we don't know what happened to it, but it's not there anymore. Um, so, so they went ahead and scheduled him for the original cancer surgery on his pancreas. Um, they, they were able to do that surgery just a couple weeks ago. Um, they, it was like a 10-hour surgery. It was super long, um, but they got all of that. So he's cancer-free now. So, I mean, just, and, and I found out those three things, like, within a span of, like, a couple of days, and I was like, man, my goodness, God took care of cancer, took care of cancer, took care of cancer, three days in a row. And I know, like, other people are going through that cancer journey, and it might not be ending well, and, and, and it might be a journey for, for people, and I, I don't, I don't want to say that everything just works out great every time you have Jesus, but... Um, but God's got a plan in, in whatever journey you find yourself in. Um, and that, but that Psalm that I read, it, 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 it says that the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Calamity will overtake the wicked, but, but those who hate and the, those that hate the righteous will be punished, but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. That no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. And, uh, and, and so Rick uh, had texted me yesterday and just wanted to thank you guys all for praying. Um, and he's still in the hospital. Hopefully he's going to get out today because uh, it was very invasive surgery. Um, but he said, thanks for all the, all the prayers. And uh, he said, tell, tell all of you to thank you for the prayers. He still needs more, but keep praying. And he also said, tell the, tell the young lady who got the bad news about the lymph nodes a couple weeks ago that God's still the God of the Bible and he can heal her. And we've been praying for her. Just want her to know that God loves her. So that's from Rick. Um, and uh, and I, love, I love that guy because he's in the hospital and like, like, with seriously like a zipper from there to there. And he's like texting everybody, like encouraging them uh, and saying like, God loves you. And it's like, okay, uh, thanks buddy. Like, um, anybody else? What, what's God doing? Thank you. Yeah. I'm a person who was a prisoner of fear for a lot of my life. I loved the Lord and knew I did from the time I was a very small child. I loved him. I knew I was a ch I knew I was a child of God. But I was imprisoned by fear. God has taken me I'm old, so <laughs> I he's he's brought me down a very long journey. And the one thing that I found very helpful was that I would say things and always use the word but, but I'm not sure what, you know, and, and then the fear came in. So what God asked me to do is not use the word but, B-U-T, for any children who are out there giggling. <laughs> to remove the word but from my life. And in doing that, I'm remembering that when I'm saying something, that he's hearing it, and he's the most important. 
and say it with confidence and stop using the word but. He knows. He knows the whole situation. And he's the only one I should really, that should really matter in my life. It's him first. The other people will catch up, you know, and God will take care of that. But it's between me and him first. So remove the word but from your lives. Sometimes it makes a huge difference, especially if you're a prisoner of fear. Thank you. I still don't know why I preach, because you guys do it better than I do. What else? Anybody else have something God's been... What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, God is great. I went through a lot of things. Um, I have a son, like he said, about prison. He's got 12 years to serve. Then you have to talk to my town. Always pray and always read your Bible. And he tells me, I do, Mom. I've been praying for you. Which I got another one's in jail. It's been in three months. Biggest bunch of court in uh, two weeks. Then you know, I know God's with me. And I know he's not going to leave me. And, uh, but just keep him in mind in prayer. You know, I pray uh, nothing happens to me when he's in prison. I pray nothing happens to David when he's in jail. But, you know, it's just struggling. But just remember me in prayer. Thank you. Yeah, well, do. Maybe. Anybody else have something they want to share? All right, well, we're going to invite Matt back up here to, to do a little bit. Uh, but, uh, well, I'll let Matt get his guitar on. Uh, okay. It doesn't take real long. Um, it, it's, the, it's like putting a shirt on. If the shirt's sleeveless and, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but, uh, Matt, just uh, real quick. So, where are you from? Um, how'd you get there? Yeah, um, uh, I live in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, that's where that's where my wife is from. I never I never thought I would go to Iowa, let alone live there. Um, but. I, uh, I grew up in Northwest Arkansas. Um, I would say go Razorbacks, but I don't care. But um, so yeah, I, I, lived, I lived in Arkansas until um, I moved to Des Moines when I found uh, the person 
that would marry me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, that's where I've lived for the past 18 years or so, something like that. And I complain about it in the winter because it's so cold, and I complain about it in the summer because it feels terrible. And so I can't be happy anywhere. But I, I do truly love Ohio and Pennsylvania. So if I could, you know, those would be my picks probably. All right. Um, and then how did, how did you become a Christian? How do you come to know Jesus? And yeah, I lived, um, I lived in, in, in Lowell, Arkansas, across the street from a church, from Lowell Baptist Church. And uh, we lived in this trailer park, and I despised every second of it. I did not enjoy it. It's one of those things where you get off the school bus and, like, you kind of walk the other direction because, like, you don't want everyone to know where you live because it was not a nice trailer park. I didn't know those existed until I moved to Iowa. And I saw, I'm like, that's a trailer park? I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, it looks amazing. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, What? Arkansas trailer parks are different than Iowa trailer parks. Um, but I used to, I would skateboard uh, in the church parking lot all the time and on their sidewalks and um, in places that were directly by the door to the worship center that I didn't know existed. But um, I, I was skateboarding out there one day. I was, I was 12 years old and uh, when I first got my skateboard, and so that became my whole life. And so when I was 14, uh, in this parking lot, a kid came out and was like, can I see your board? And so 14-year-old me, uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. And he did a trick that I'd been trying to learn for three months, right? That's a quarter of a year for one trick that I'd been trying to learn. And he did a heel flip. He did it first try. I'm like, what? Um, he's like, hey, we're having some junk, junk food inside if you're interested. I said, let's do it walk into uh, this big building called the Fellowship Hall that I had never known of. Um, and it was during a potluck dinner, and I was in love immediately because I, I, I had never seen so much food in my life. Um, so I, I started going there uh, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday evening for youth group. And the, the, the phrase I kept hearing from these people was that Jesus loved me and had a plan for my life. And I, I didn't know what that meant, really. Um, but it took about a month of me being uh, highly entertained by these people, um, so much free food and free pizza and whatever, that I wanted to know who Jesus was because these people were kind to me. And they didn't see anything to do with the falling apart trailer park. They, they weren't concerned in a negative way about my, my, my father was an alcoholic and he was drunk every night. And my parents fought every night. So I knew what my normal was. I knew what I was going to walk into every night. And so I would skateboard up until the curfew, which was 10 o'clock. I would go home. And then my brother and I would probably goof off for way too long before bedtime, get in trouble, go to bed. Um, but these people loved me for who I was in that moment. And uh, they, they had a part in shaping who I am uh, today. And then my uh, just last question for you is, how did you get into music and into the band Spoken? And what does that look like? Yeah, well, w w the same time frame that I got my, my first skateboard, um, my dad also brought home uh, an acoustic guitar that he bought at a garage sale. And so the, the skateboard uh, was $20. 
and the acoustic was $20. And so I'm like, okay, cool. But I, I immediately, I hated the way it felt on my fingers to play guitar because it hurts really bad, um, kind of all the time. I would say, what you do, you get these calluses, and no, that's not true, because you still, you're holding these wires down with your fingertips, and it gets really hard. But in the beginning, I, I guess I chose getting beat to death by a skateboard more than my fingers being sore, and so that's <laughs> all I cared about is skateboarding. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, skateboarding beat out guitar for a long, long time. And um, we had started like these youth group, uh, like started playing in, in the youth group for like a lock-in. I was telling him earlier, I was like, we've, we decided to play two songs over and over and over again at a youth lock-in, and the only light was a strobe light, just the whole time. And so we're like, this is the coolest thing in the world, right? Our youth group, they, they put up with it, right? Um, but it wasn't until another probably four years until I felt like God was like, hey, why don't you try music again and do it for real and, and do it to tell people that I love them and have a plan for their life. And uh, that was in 1996. And nine months after we started a band, we signed a record deal and we went on tour and I've been touring ever since. And the since COVID started is the longest I've ever had off of the road in 24 plus years. So wow. this has been a time of like, just stop, you know? And so it's been really, um, it's been really cool to, to just experience myself reacting to all of the chaos because I absolutely love being around my wife and kids and it has been amazing. Um, and so it's been really cool, and my wife is still okay with me living in the house. So, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I, I just want to say once again thank you for coming and hanging out with us this morning and, and leading us in worship. And uh, so I'll turn it back over to you. It's Matt. Thank you. Um, amazing stories. Uh, is a great illustration of a serpent being stomped um, by Jesus. And um, it was really cool. It was cool to hear the story. It's cool to hear what God is doing, what he has done, what he will continue to do. And it's something where it's like it can be in any of our lives in any moment. Someone had said one time to me, they're like, it only takes that long for a people to realize that faith can move their life. Like faith can truly change your whole perspective on life. And a lot of times we think of faith being something that is just over years and years and it grows and grows and grows and we become much older and we have a strong faith. But the fact is just saying yes to Jesus is something where it's like that faith journey, it's instant. You're like, yes, Jesus. And then it's where when we allow, we allow him to actually take part in our life in our daily life, in our moments, those most important moments, that no matter if something like COVID comes up or no matter if cancer is what we're up against or no, anything and everything. Because there are times where we don't feel like being Mr. and Mrs. Chipper. Like we don't feel like being, everything is so awesome in our life right now because that's not, that's not real life. That's not the life that we live. We go through situations. We make it through situations. 
we have hard times. We have times that we're confused. We have times that we're frustrated. We have times where we don't want to get out of bed. And I feel like it's, it's we're talking about this next song this morning, and, and I, I don't know that I can think of a better way to end anything that I have anything to do with here this morning by playing a song that my wife referred to it as one of the most honest songs she's ever heard because it's, it's not just a like, man, everything rules in my life. And maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and, and everything to do with the past four to six months has been something that has just, it has shaken you to the core and it's made you rethink everything about your life. Think for a moment of how many years it took you to get to where it's like you were actually rethinking every step of your life. We're so often, we're so busy with go, 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 go. We'll just go do something else to take our mind off of our life. We'll go do something else to take our mind off of things that we need to take care of and we've known for years that we need to take care of it. And so here we are now where we're wearing things that are on our face that we didn't grow up saying the word masks. Masks. It's so hard to say. And now we have to incorporate it into every... Where's your mask? Get your mask. You don't have your mask? Like, every time we get out of the car, Hudson, where's your mask? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you need to put it in the same spot every time in the car. So... It will happen today 50 times, I promise. And so it's one of those things like the things that we get frustrated with now. Where's your mask? You don't know what your mask is? Oh, you ripped those cheap strings off of that blue mask again? In this life, God is not surprised. He's not surprised by what we're feeling. He's not surprised by what we're thinking. And it's okay it's okay to not have it all figured out and that every day be the best day of your life. But Jesus is there. He is here and he will be there. And that is, um, that's what this song is about. Thanks again for letting me be here. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, it would have been really cool if, um, if God had allowed me to write this song, but he didn't. And so um, that's, that's a conversation he and I have been having about lots of songs. But I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great um, weekend. And I look forward to seeing you again soon, I hope. They say sometimes you win some. Sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now I'm losing. I've stood on the stage night after night reminding the broken it'll be alright right now oh right now I just can't it's easy to see when there's nothing to bring What would I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? 
Thanks for, for coming and sharing with us. You are welcome back here anytime. Uh, we would love to have you. Matt will be back, uh, God willing, that uh, there's a 2021. Um, God, uh, but yeah, Matt, Matt will be back uh, with the band Spoken at, at Move the Hills in 2021. And uh, if, if you enjoyed Matt, uh, be praying for him. Um, and uh, we do have a, a box for love offering out for him, and he has his CD uh, out there, but he also has spoken CD out there if you want to pick one of those up and help him out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, man, we, we love you. Thanks for coming. Uh, it was great. You were great. It was just, can we give him another thank you? Thank you.
Let's just close this in prayer. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to praise you today. I thank you that you give us so many reasons to praise you, that even in dark times and dark places, uh, that our hope's in you alone. And Father, I know that there is a world out there right now that is in a really dark place, and they don't have hope. So would you send us out? Would you send us out to bring hope, to bring hope to a kid on a skateboard, to bring hope to uh, a family that is hurting, to bring hope to uh, somebody who thinks they have it all together, but they don't know that tomorrow things are going to fall apart. We, we just pray that we would continue to take the hope of Jesus to a world that needs it. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Love you all so much. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay close to Jesus, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Love you all.